Good morning, good afternoon, hello everyone. I'm just gonna kill some time here until we get started. Usually takes a little bit of time for people to join. Okay, yeah, my first like. <laughs> Thank you, good morning. Okay, I think we are warming up. We'll wait. Uh... All right, we are getting warmed up. Let's get, uh, we'll get a few more people. And uh, here's that we see another person. Hi, Sar. Good to see you. How are you? Hopefully everything is okay. Okay, hey, Nir. Good morning. Um, Gabriela, we don't have events uh, coming up in LA and Irvine. We had them uh, last month, uh, two, three weeks ago. So uh, I don't want to create uh, um, confusion. Thank you for uh, asking or mentioning. All right, we are two minutes in. That's usually how uh, you know how long it takes to people to start joining up. So good morning, good evening, good afternoon, uh, depending on where you are. It seems like usually how I start the. Uh, um, um, the session. My name is Danny, obviously, you know that. I am based in uh, Southern California, and this session is, you know, there's a lot of uh, Hebrew speakers here, but this session is open to the public, so we have uh, people from different parts of the country, and actually in other parts of the world as well, joining us, so that's why we're doing this in English, and obviously we're going to talk about real estate investing, no doubt. Um, this session is primarily for you guys, so you are most welcome to contribute, to add, to ask questions. Um, oh, right, absolutely. We do have uh, two events coming up. I'll talk about that in a second. Thank you. I, I guess confusion is all mine. Um, so this session is for you to ask questions. Um, direct me if you want. I have my own topic for today. I'm going to be uh, attempting to be as briefly as possible or short as possible today because we have a closing on a flip property in Chicago that's not going so smoothly throughout the day. So there's a lot of moving parts that are time sensitive. So I'll try to, uh, I'll have to wrap up uh, this session quickly or quicker than usual. Um, I want to say one thing. Um, um, we have two events coming up. Uh, we have an expert on the topic of land trusts uh, who's uh, coming down to Southern California. He's based in uh, Chicago as well. And he's coming down to Southern California to talk to us, to teach about the whole concept of land trust. Uh, we have one event in LA and the other one in Irvine. I don't have the uh, you know dates in front of me. I am using land trust for, to buy and own real estate for probably three, four years now. I follow this guy's teaching and education and uh, structure how to go about it. So he's a teacher. Uh, he's the one who shares the information. So I recommend you take the time to uh, participate. It's very um, 
practical and very uh, good thing to know about land trust and how you can incorporate them into your real estate investing. Uh, today, I want to talk about ROI, return on investment. So if you have any questions, by all means, let me know. But the topic for today is ROI, return on investment. And I'm going to say this. Um, I think there's maybe, you know, ROI, everybody knows what ROI at large is, but I think there's a lot of um, missed calculations when we're talking about ROI, okay? So I want to share with you how I calculate ROI because I want to make it, you know, as realistic as possible. <clears throat> um, and I want to share that with you. Uh, so the first thing I want to say is actually what I'm seeing out there that usually is not being done properly. So when we analyze rental properties, we have an Excel that we've created and improved and fine-tuned over the years that we use, that it's probably the, uh, the best tool that I have found for me to make decisions. Um, I've been using it for you know, quite a few years and many, many, many times, probably used my own Excel for well over 10,000 times. Um, so for me, making a decision about a property without running the, the numbers through the Excel is not even something I feel comfortable doing anymore. I'm so depending on that tool. Um, the way I'm looking, I'm, I'm looking at this Excel or the whole concept behind the Excel is this. When we analyze rental properties, we want to probably not use the worst case scenario, which I've used for many years. Definitely don't want to use the best case scenario. So what we need is probably somewhere in the middle, what I call the realistic case scenario. Very trivial, but I can tell you that for years I haven't done that myself. I use the somewhere closer to the worst case scenario. And when you use the worst case scenario, you always have the worst case and then you end up not investing. So I decided I need to change my approach. So one thing I wanted to be realistic, you know, realistic case scenario. So try to be as realistic as possible, maybe with a little bit touch of conservatism. So not to be overly, overly optimistic, but not to be uh, overly conservative. The second thing, you know, that I, uh, that I knew that I uh, have to do in order to accomplish that using the realistic is I want to make sure I can really account for all the figures as much as I can and not just kind of be ballpark figures, right? Um, I sometimes see properties or people or, you know, or marketing information, sending information out there with a very, let's just say not complete details of the investment aspect. For example, things that I many times don't see people analyze or account for, typically HOA, uh, vacancy, and, um, um, and leasing fee. So those are three factors that sometimes are included, sometimes are not. Those are real costs that you, we would have when owning real estate, yeah, primarily you know, if we're having, uh, using property management. So HOA, of course, other costs as well, but those three usually tend to disappear from the, uh, from the formula or disappear from the, num from, the, you know, from the marketing material or some of them. Now, I have learned over the years that real estate or this type of real estate, this is not big numbers game. This is actually small numbers game, right? So if I don't account for vacancy, that will affect my bottom line, you know, quite significantly. If I don't account for HOA, or I don't account for leasing fee, that will affect, you know, my bottom line um, quite, quite dramatically. So I want to make sure I account for property, you know, property taxes and insurance and, you know, estimated repairs and vacancy and management fee. Um, and leasing fee and HOA, and if there's anything else I need to account for, include that, because th those are the real numbers, right? Just by ignoring them, you know, obviously they're not going to go away. They're there. So just be sure to begin with, you have those all those figures in, 
And realistically, maybe a little bit conservative, realistic, you know, of course, we want to know what the rent is, but those are the things you want to account for just to, as, as a starting point. Many of us, just for some reason, don't remember all of those things. Some of them, most of them, but not all of them. It's important. Second thing is, uh, uh, so that's one thing that I'm seeing a lot of people, companies, organizations out there not putting all the numbers in properly. That's, uh, that's important. The second thing I want to talk about is how you really should be calculating the ROI. So I look at an ROI as, as a, as a, as a, comp a compounding of three factors, okay? One is the cash aspect ROI or cash on cash that we, that we know. So that means actual cash flow compared to my actual investment. So when I measure uh, an, an ROI, my baseline for investment is not the down payment, is actually how much cash I needed to shell out of my pocket in order to, you know, to buy this property and get it all the way to the point that it's rented, right? So it's, you know, so it's a down payment, purchase cost, uh, purchase cost, mortgage fees, some other fees to make the house ready for renter. All of those have to be included. So that's my baseline for calculation: how much money I really shelled out of my pocket. So number one, create the baseline. Number two, oh, no, and that's that's the, you know, the important thing. My first factor, ROI, is cash. So how much cash flow I'm accumulating in one year, in one year compared to my you know, cash outlay, my actual cost to purchase the property. That's number one. Number two, I do calculate or add appreciation. Now, I don't use it in the sense of appreciation that many people think about when I say appreciation. The way I consider it is more inflation rate, okay? So even if I know in today's market, a lot of the metros in the US are doing six, seven, eight percent, maybe even more annual appreciation. I don't care about that. I'm blocking that away, not because it's not real, because it's more speculative, right? But we do have inflation in this country. So for me to factor maybe a 3% inflation rate annually, on average, it's something that it's real. It will be you know, uh, in my property over the years. I am definitely want to you know, account for that. So I add inflation rate. I know that in, in historically speaking, over the long term, you know, houses do tend to appreciate actually more than that over the long term. Of course, we have ups and downs, but I want to take something that it's small. I can somewhat rely on, you know, I can rely on it. You know, it's, it's tangible. So not appreciation in the common sense, but more inflation rate, maybe 3%, maybe more, maybe a little bit less, but you get the point. So that's number two. So number one was the cash on cash. Number two, inflation or appreciation in inflation rate. Number three, number three is the fact that when I buy a property with a mortgage, right? Obviously I'm borrowing you know, money, I'm borrowing a principal to purchase the house. That's nothing new about that. But when I am calculating my cash flow, my cash flow represents mortgage payments. Mortgage payments represent principal and interest. So that means every year, slowly, right? Not in a straight line, but slowly, the, the, my mortgage principal gets lowered year after year. So I may start with a $150,000 mortgage, and maybe five years later, I owe 140, right? Whatever the number is. So that means those $10,000 are something that I already have, they are now belong to me, although they're sitting in, a, in, a, in, a, in the walls of the house, they're not in my pocket, but when I come to sell it, it's probably, it is something I need to, to factor. So 
just I call it return on equity on the fact that we are paying down the mortgage principal, right? Remember, the mortgage principal is not ours when we borrow it. Every time we pay, a rent is paid and we pay, you know, the, the mortgage payment, that principal goes down. So that means it becomes my money. I borrow it, but it becomes mine. So three factors are return on equity because we're paying down the mortgage principal, return on equity because we have a little bit of, of uh, you know, inflation rate appreciation, okay? Uh, and the cash on cash. Those three things really give me, you know, the, the full picture of the analysis of the ROI. And when you do that, you'll see that your ROI, you know, obviously gets improved very, uh, uh, you know, greatly. Now, some of you may say, I can't get those mortgages, I'm not buying cash, and that's okay. When you do that, obviously, your ROI will change, but your cash flow will change as well. You'll have a higher cash flow because we don't have a mortgage payment. So it will affect your ROI. So you can say, listen, I'm gonna measure my, uh, my I will analyze the rental property without a mortgage and you'll see, you'll have to look into the numbers yourself, but at least you can still count on, um, on, a, on a minimal appreciation, inflation rate appreciation. Last thing I wanna say about is that, uh, I'll say is that when I analyze rental properties, I don't see, I don't, I don't care what the performance is on the first year or the first month. That doesn't tell me anything. It doesn't really reflect the life of the, of the investment because the first year is usually the worst one in terms of performance because there are costs associated with purchasing, there are costs associated with running, you know, making it ready for rental. Usually it's not the, you know, the ideal year to check. So I would say what I like to do is I analyze you know, the, the property, every single property, over a term of 30 years, right? And I want to run periodic averages for the first five, first 10, 15, and 20 years and see what the performance is during that window or period of five years. What's my cash flow is going to be over five years? What's my or, or ROI is going to be over the five years? And that gives me a much better, much clearer understanding of um, what the return on investment is. So when you do that, remember, it's sometimes, if, if you do it in a different way, you may find that you just analyze the first year and you'll see, oh, that's not a, such a great investment. Right, because usually the first year it isn't. And when you, so you probably want to take a little bit more wider perspective on the, uh, on the on, on, you know, that reflect your, your plan, right? Why wouldn't, you, why wouldn't you analyze a property over at least five years if you're probably going to hold it for five years anyway, right? So that should be a reflection of that. Um, and the second thing is you make sure you're not neglecting the other components, which are the return on equity and, and appreciation. So those, uh, those are the things I wanted to, to mention regarding um, analyzing rental properties. We have an Excel that we use. We share it with our investors that work with us so they can actually tap into that and run it by them. So that we teach them how to use that so they can actually have a tool to help them make a decision. Well, for the general public, we offer it for sale. It's not that expensive. Um, you know, it depends on the, on the version. It goes for, I think, like 15 bucks to, to 50 bucks, depending on, the, on which version. If, you wanna, if you're interested in buying it, just let us know. We'll send you a link or we'll maybe place it here. But the point is, either way, using our Excel or not, have your own tool and not forget to use the different ROI types when you're actually calculating an analysis. So with that, <clears throat> sorry. With that said, I am done with what I wanted to cover, even faster than I thought I, uh, I would uh, need. If there are any questions, I'll take them now. Uh, and if not, we will just wrap up for today.
So are there any questions? Okay. I don't see any questions coming in, so thank you everyone for taking uh, the time, uh, maybe 15 minutes, 20 minutes of your day. Really good to see a lot of the names here. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us and find out if we can help you invest in rentals or flips, uh, you know, I'll be happy to. Just uh, send us a message, email, we'll uh, take it from there. And I want to wish uh, all of you a terrific Friday and a great uh, weekend and rest of your week. And um, I have to wrap it up and uh, continue with my closing that's coming up uh, as we speak in Chicago. So thank you, everyone. Have a terrific weekend. Bye-bye.